Welcome to another episode of Small Doses. You know, it is no secret to us that uh, by the time this episode airs, wow, wow shit. shit, we got this election. It's caused a lot of people a lot of anxiety. So we wanted to do an episode that could be a departure from that and not out of avoidance or escapism, but more so just out of variety, <laughs> you know, giving yourself a variance of space. And we decided to do satisfaction of inspiration because for all of us, I think, especially as creatives, the recent, you know, last six, seven months has affected our inspiration in a myriad of ways. For some, it's been a boost. For others, it's been a drain. And then I think for what it's worth, the uncertainty of where our world is going can also have a huge effect on just like not only how we synthesize inspiration, but how we gather it. So I thought it would be a cool... Well, okay, okay, let's be real. This is Rebecca's idea. But I just thought it would be dope to just kind of live in a good space, you know, because I'm time traveling as we record this. So I'm just making the assumption that by the time this airs, we'll prefer to hear this than whatever is going on. Because let's be real, no matter what happens with this election, it's going to be a doozy. Let's get into it. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. Jam dropping. We're dropping on these hoes. So this week's jam dropping is inspiration versus imitation. Now, the reason why this is a unique distinction is because, you know, you can be inspired to imitate, but some people think that their imitation is inspired. And when I talk about inspiration, what I'm talking about is something outside of you invoking the response of something inside of you that is intrinsically yours. And what imitation is, is something outside of you invoking a response from you that mimics something that is intrinsically someone else's. And we're in a world where as creative, I think that's very much the case. And I don't think there's enough creatives that are checking whether they're inspired or they're imitating. Because there seems to be so much just copycatting and derivative. But for me, I feel like if I feel even a hint of that, I pause and I stop because I want my inspiration to make me have to go somewhere and different for myself, which thus will make me bring something new to the folks. And new is important because we have to keep moving forward. You know, in order for culture, particularly to continue to live, it cannot stop. And so like, You know, there's cultures that you see that they may not expand per se in terms of their traditions, but they expand in per se how those traditions are carried out or they expand and who is carrying out those traditions, et cetera. When it comes to art, inspiration is imperative because it continues to push genres. It continues to push thinking. When it comes to like academia and philosophy, et cetera, you know, you're inspired to imagine more. When you are imitating, you aren't pushing anything forward. 
You know, imitation is not inspiration because ultimately it is just keeping things at a parallel space. And in the worst case scenario, it's thievery. Okay. When it comes to black folks and our ingenuity, that's been the case for centuries. I mean, there were literal slave masters who petitioned to be able to keep the patent of their slave owners because they're like, well, I own them. So that means I own their intellectual property too. It wasn't enough to just be property. They wanted to also own your intellectual property that you created as their property. And listen, as somebody who is an employee and has people work for them, you know, you are work for hire. And part of the contract is like, while you're working for my company, the things that you create under the umbrella of my company are owned by my company. (laughs) But see, they were being compensated. And that's the difference. But when we talk about inspiration versus imitation, what we're really clearly saying is that inspiration is when you tap into that genius box within you, when you tap into that galaxy maker, when you tap into that space within you that is connected to something beyond you. And it allows you to go where no man has gone before. And boldly at that. Imitation is safe. It's also, I believe, an exercise of fear. And when we talk about widgets, that's essentially what they are. You know, within the corporate space, it's like you find something and then everybody just copies it because they're like, okay, that works. So we're just going to keep doing that. And we make little tweaks and little improvements, but ultimately like it's all coming from the same thing. Yeah, we, we've gotten into that space. We've even gotten into that space in our identities. And I just think it's important that we really remember that to be inspired is divine. It's divine. And you don't have to be religious to feel connected to something bigger than you. When we imitate so often, we are simply disconnected to man. And the fact of the matter is man ain't shit. So go further. First question. My dad died suddenly in July. I'm so sorry to hear that. I was writing a lot of short stories and after I feel like I'm on empty. How do you find inspiration after loss? You know, if I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, I've been very, very fortunate not to have suffered a loss of someone that was very close to me. But as I, you know, but, I, but I've been friends with, you know, and I, I'm, I'm close to people who have. And I really think it ends up just being time. Ultimately, it's time and then it becomes intention. First, the intention is just giving yourself space to grieve. And when we're creatives, we're pulling from such a personal place. And, you know, everyone has the different personal place that they pull from. Some people pull from darkness. You know, to some people, like a loss ends up serving as you know, a major inspiration for them. It ends up bringing them to a place or a corner in their mind that they had never been to before. You know, but then there are others like myself, like I work in light. So, you know, when I go to a dark place, like it doesn't make me inspired. It makes me drained. It makes me exhausted because I'm pulling from somewhere that seems unnatural and organic. So I think for you, it's going to be about just giving yourself time to find 
another like light source. And one thing you have to know though, is that that light source is always there. It's always within you. You know, you've had it before, you'll have it again. And there are days and there are times where I feel like that's going to be harder to remember than others. And then one day, you know, as writers do, you just start writing again. One day you just find your way back to the pen. And I think a lot of people who don't write don't understand that that's a process that can't be rushed. And a lot of people who do write don't understand that you can't speed the process, but you can assist the process. So I think for you in the way of assisting goes through, you know, grief counseling and doing things that make you happy. Maybe they don't inspire you, but they make you happy. You know, if your family was tight, it can be in, you know, being able to share amongst each other and uh, share the experience with each other. And ultimately, it's going to come down to understanding that inspiration. Again, it's within you. Even though it's outside of you, it's within you because you have to be open to receive what outside is giving you. And so that will come. That will come. And again, sorry for your loss. Next question. How do you react slash process when someone sees you as an inspiration, but you don't feel slash believe you are? Ah, That's a touch of imposter syndrome right there. Because, I mean, if you're an inspiration to them, you're an inspiration to them. Like, that, it ain't for you to say. <laughs> like, if they say you inspire me, who are you to say, no, I don't? <laughs> like, maybe you know truths about yourself that make you feel like it negates the validity of the inspiration they are receiving from you. It doesn't change the fact. I don't know why I'm talking like I'm a Mississippi preacher. I definitely binge-watched all of Pussy Valley this weekend. But it doesn't change the fact that you are that to that person. I have gone through this. I go through this, you know, ever so often where you're just like, oh, wow, like you really, y'all really fuck with me like that. And you're, and, and then you're like, I don't even fuck with me. And I think sometimes that's really what's going on. That's the imposter syndrome. It's like you yourself have to be inspired by you. And, you know, we really get taught that that type of shit is selfish or self-centered or conceited. And it shouldn't be. Who the fuck else? Like, again, it comes from within you. If you don't inspire you, well, well God damn it. It's just like making yourself laugh. If you can't make yourself laugh, it really don't matter if you can make anybody else laugh. I mean, I don't know a comic out here that doesn't find themselves like (laughs) to themselves. Because when you're on that stage, if everybody don't laugh, but you laugh, you got to be okay with the fact that you thought it was funny. And maybe none of these people in here thought it was funny, but someone did. Me. And it's not to say that that makes you be like, okay, now I don't got to work on the joke. But it still keeps you grounded in confidence, not arrogance, confidence. And that's the shit you need to get through. So, you know, I think that the thing is knowing that even if you are not moving with the intention to inspire, you so often simply do just by existing in your own authentic self. And that's what a lot of people don't really understand. You don't got to be a role model to be a role model. If you're living true and you're living and and, and she And you don't even got to be living true. Like some people are inspired by your fuckery. So that's the other thing. Sometimes it's like, damn, I don't want to be inspiring you to be like that, which means you got to change how you're being. But ultimately, if you're feeling that way, it's because you're not being completely honest with yourself. And that doesn't mean that you're not being honest with negatives. That can mean that you're not being honest with how dope you are. 
And maybe you need to get to the real root of your dopeness and why you don't want to be honest about it. Next question. What are the key differences between inspiration and plagiarism? What are your thoughts on the quote, good artists copy, great artists steal? Ooh. Well, we kind of talked about this in gem dropping, right? The key differences are inspiration means that you are inspired to tap into something that's yours. Plagiarism is you tapping into something that's somebody else's and pretending it's yours. That's That's it. it. That's it. Now, the line gets blurred, for instance, with art. If I look at your art and it makes me think of somebody else, that to me is like, it may not be plagiarism, but it's just like, there's not enough you in this. I shouldn't look at your art and be like, oh, this is like a Basquiat. I shouldn't read your writing and be like, oh, this is like a Morrison. Now, what it should do ultimately is make me feel the way that great work has made me feel. So I can maybe look at your art and be like, ooh, this makes me feel like when I first saw Basquiat. Well, that doesn't mean that it's a plagiarism or a copy of a Basquiat, but that means that it it may come from the same soul tie, right? From the same vibration. Same with like the Morrison example. You know, like I know a lot of times like the best compliments I get is when people say like, you make me feel like you're like Baldwin. And like, that means so much to me because like Baldwin makes me feel a certain way, which inspires me to talk the way I do. And my thoughts on the quote, good artists copy, great artists steal. I never really understood that quote because I just don't think it's true. I think the sentiment is that great artists take and own And by doing so, you make it your own. But it's a very abstract version of getting there. You understand what I'm saying? Like, ultimately to me, like, stealing is like biting. And, you know, I come from hip-hop. Biting culture is just, ugh. Because at the end of the day, like, hip-hop was created in a space with people who didn't have much. So to steal from others who don't have much is like, how the fuck I got nothing and you got nothing and you stealing from me? Biting is just not supported. It's not, it's not gonna, we're not going to stand for that. So that's my thoughts on that phrase. When it comes to me, if I feel like my shit look like somebody else's, I'm like, cut, cut it, it, scrap it. it. <laughs> you know, like if I feel like when someone's going to listen to my shit, they're going to be like, but what about, but this looks like, but this, you know, nah. Now, if I create something that makes people feel the good feelings they had when they saw something else, then I know I did something right. Last question. How do you navigate the excitement of new inspirations? My usual pattern is something new will inspire me and I'll spend all my time researching how to start, then get overwhelmed by feeling like I have to do all the things I researched at once and suddenly my inspiration feels like work and not creation. How do you navigate that? Oh, that is an incredible question. I think you gotta pace yourself. I think you gotta pace yourself. And I think you got to like free yourself. And, you know, Brendan and Rebecca, we've talked about this on the show before, but, you know, they have always tried to encourage me, like particularly lately to just free myself of doing things that always have like a final goal, you know, or that have a final purpose and really just being more open to trying shit without the necessity of an outcome that is like 
commercial or an outcome that is going to be public, et cetera, et cetera, like giving that freedom. And I think that's where you got to get to with this pattern is knowing that like you did all this research to give you the tools to just try. So that's the rub. Like you're inspired and you're like, oh my God, I want to know everything. But you can't do all that. You, I mean, now that you know that pattern, you can stop yourself and say, okay, let me just try a couple of these things. And the work, the reason why you feel like it's work is because you've given yourself now like tasks. You've given yourself like this like expectation. And I think when we remove the expectation, we allow ourselves to just be inspired to explore. And that's the best place to create from, for real. Today's people I like is more general and it's specifically around people who work in children's television. When I was growing up, I wasn't a TV kid, but my mom loves TV. And so she found like different programming for me to watch, whether it was Zoobly Zoo, Reading Rainbow, Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, Pinwheel. I always had like these incredible, creative, imaginative resources to grow my mind, my imagination mind. And I think that there is children's programming now, but I don't know if it's the same caliber. But I tell you, those shows inspired me as a child to become the creative free thinker that I am. You know, like when when they told you on Waiting Rainbow, Butterfly in the sky, I can go twice as high. I was like, I can go twice as high. Let me find out. Take a look. Let me look in a book. Which book? Reading Rainbow. Y'all, did you hear my voice? Ooh, that was buttery. I believed them. And so I became a bibliophile. And I literally like just enjoyed that I could go twice as high, that I could be anywhere, you know, reading books. And then it made me, as I got older, create avenues of my own in that way. And, you know, Mr. Rogers, when you go on the trolley, you know, and you all of a sudden in this other world, like these things that I think that's also why, like to this day, I still love fantasy and sci-fi because it allows my brain to go to places that don't have limitations in the same way that this mortal, you know, regular ass world that we're in has. So I think, you know, I, I really just appreciate these producers and writers of children's television who understand the importance of children having inspiration to be free with their imaginations and how that changes them and how that grows them into a different kind of adult. It grows them into an adult that has the potential to take on new ideas. I think it grows children into different adults, into adults that can be free thinkers, that can be critical thinkers, and adults that are willing to have a more open mind about not only what the world is, but about what it can be. That That one time. You know, that one time today is really more about right now. When we were deciding what episode to do, you know, Rebecca said, well, is this the right episode to do right now because you don't feel inspired? And I do think it is because I know for me, 
you know, there's a different space being uninspired. How do you navigate that space? Now we had, a, you know, someone with a question earlier, a DMT that was related to a loss, the loss of a person. But oftentimes inspiration can be, or lack of inspiration can be related to the loss of something else, to the loss of connectivity with the, with the idea, to a loss of certainty. I think that's where mine is coming from. You know, like just not feeling completely grounded and thus it makes me feel like I'm not as connected to myself and that's what I need to be in order to create. When I was writing Small Doses, there were many times where I just felt uninspired. And what helped me and what saved me was that I had done like a really clear table of contents. And it meant that I didn't have to search for a pathway. The pathway was in front of me and it was just like, you got to use this map to get you there. And so oftentimes what would end up happening was I would look at my table contents and I would be like, okay, what haven't I written? And then it'd be like, what am I the most inspired to write? Maybe I'm not like completely just like, oh my God, I'm overcome with inspiration. But like, what do I like care about? You know, and when I was asked to write these two poems recently, one about the election and one about Black women's empowerment, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this because I just don't feel inspired to write. But what happened, what shocked me, was that I'm always inspired to write about Blackness. (laughs) It's just a matter of the context. It's a matter of the mindset. And as I write now, find myself like in this kind of place of stasis with wanting to write a book and knowing that I need to write the next book, but I keep hitting a wall. I understand that my wall of inspiration is connected to my feeling of loss with a connectivity to my Black community. That's what that's about. And in addition to my connectivity to, you know, certainty and shit, my connectivity to the life that I was living before all of this, you know, upheaval that we are experiencing. So I've, I've been trying to get my inspiration back by doing exactly what I was just telling one of our callers to do, which is trying to just engage in creativity that doesn't have an outcome, that doesn't have, you know, an assignment to it. But the... <laughs> The catch me too about that is that when it doesn't have an outcome or an assignment to it, I'd be like, shit, I might as well just watch another episode of P-Valley. So there's discipline that comes in. And I think that's a part of inspiration that we are not acknowledging. There's a certain level of discipline that you have to gain and, and have in order to sometimes not just receive inspiration, but retain it. Because sometimes you can get a little bit too cavalier with the fact that all of this is coming to us. Because ultimately, I mean, like I said, inspiration is divine. It's a blessing. Inspiration is a blessing. It's tapping into you in a way that something else, uh, you know, there's things moving about you all the time, but you were inspired by this, by that. Those are like electric currents that are hitting you. And when you're just kind of like in the house all day, I feel like it's like less opportunity for those currents to hit you for a lot of us at least. So it's forcing me to get discipline on reestablishing new methods of inspiration that I think I had just taken for granted, honestly. And I think that's, that's something that, you know, like the fact that so many of this children's programming that we talked about in the last segment is gone. It's like, we took it for granted. We took for granted that our children had access to these things and that it was shaping them in a different way. We took for granted that we had access to these things and it shaped up us in a different way. And it makes you feel a lot more conscious and precious about how you move in the world 
And also in that consciousness and preciousness about what influences you and what inspires you. Because knowing that there is so much out there, but that it's on you to synthesize it, I think it just takes the pressure off feeling like if I'm uninspired, I'll never get inspired again, which is what that feels like all the time. You will get inspired again. I've had to remind myself this many times. I will get inspired again. I just have to keep making room for it to happen. And some of the ways I've had to do that is by like cutting out the room I'm taking up with negativity, with self-doubt, with opinions that don't matter. All of these things. So I hope that this will shift soon for me. And I know that ultimately I am going to be the one who does it. The last dose. Well, I didn't mean for this to be like a somber episode. We're really going for positivity. <laughs> but it's kind of like these are just like somber times, I think. You know? I mean, I'm, I'm it's like, I'm trying to be peppy. Peppita. You know, pepitas, pumpkin seeds. So yeah, I apologize. I did not intend for this to be a somber episode. So if it was, I genuinely apologize. I hope though that what it did do for you is inspire you to consider other ways to be inspired. I hope that it inspired you to... Maybe pick up that pen that you've been looking at or that paintbrush or read that book or, you know, just uh, you name it. I hope it just in genuine, I hope it genuinely just inspired you to, to make space to be inspired, which is a thing because listen, you can be like in a closed off space where you're like, I don't want to receive anything. I don't want to write. I don't want to do shit. I don't want to, I don't want to, like, that's a real space you can be in. And, and you will mistake that as I'm uninspired. And sometimes it's not that you're uninspired. It's just that you're blocked off. You're closed off. And you have to open that door and be willing to say to the universe, like, okay, I'm ready to create. And as I'm saying it to you, shit, I'm saying that to myself right now. Because I've definitely been closed off. Absolutely. And in order for that door, to that portal, that black hole to expand just enough for you to go through, you got to be willing to give space for it. So I hope that after listening to this episode, no matter what happens with this election, you will give space to making sure that you remain inspired to live your best life and to create your best work. A podcast network.